the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's talk about yesterday. Talk about over the top and, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black show. show. In the metaverse. <laughs> oh, the metaverse isn't doing too well today, but we'll get to Roblox in a minute. I'll tell you, man, Roblox is not good at reporting numbers. I'll get to it right now. They continue to say better days are ahead. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And they report another bad quarter. Weird. But we'll talk about that later. NASDAQ up 2.5% yesterday. Big day. SP 500 up almost 1.5%. Dow Jones is average up 1.2%. 10 year Treasury sits above 2%. It closed at 2.04%. That's kind of one of those th- uh, things we have to digest. We have to get through that. And we have to get, are we comfortable with this? Are we not comfortable with it? Last year, we loved the 1.4 to 1.6% range. This year, we're going to have to get used to something much higher. Bitcoin up 4.3% yesterday, sitting at 43,997. Expedia was a big winner, winner, chicken dinner. Travel stocks are doing well. But before we get to travel stocks, yesterday, the market snapped a three-day skid. Today doesn't look so great. We'll get to that in a minute. After we talk a little bit about what's all going happening and why fast. Russian President Vladimir Putin said he was partially pulling back troops from the Ukrainian border and signaled he was open to more dialogue with Western leaders. But President Biden responded, the U.S. hasn't verified whether he is withdrawn. Today, NATO is saying, in fact, they're not seeing any signs of de-escalation. So oil's a little bit on the stress side, as are markets. If something happens with Russia, it's going to disrupt the natural gas into Europe and oil prices for the U.S., Biden flat out said it yesterday in a very presidential moment. Uh, Putin, you better back down because I don't want you hurting Americans. And you're like, yeah, but we, we pulled our troops out. No, gas prices. If we get a spike in gasoline prices because of Putin, it's kind of an act of war because it slows our economy down. Now, again, it depends on what you call an act of war in the 21st century. I would say computer hacks and higher oil prices are an act of war when you see how fragile world economies are coming out of COVID kind of pisses me off. I'm going to be like bomb Russia before the end of the show. So yesterday Biden talked and the market started to freak out, but they still had a good day. The SP 500 lower today, the NASDAQ lower retail sales were much stronger than expected, but the import export price data provided another clear reminder that inflation pressures are significant. Retail sales for January increased 3.8% month over month. Expectations were for about 1.9. So 3.3 versus 1.9. That's a good number. Now, unfortunately, December sales got declined. What's the word? Uh, Why am I saying this? Why am I forgetting it? Revised. It got revised lower. So the effects of Omicron were apparent as evidenced by the 14.5% increase in non-store retailer sales, i.e. we buy it online, you can send it to us. 
and there was a decline in food services, restaurants, probably because of Omicron. Retail sales are not adjusted for price changes, so higher prices likely played a part in the strong retail. You could say retail sales are up 3.3%, but what if that was just in prices? We're consuming the same number of goods. It's telling you that it's not going as far for people. But we're still spending. It is kind of interesting. An economy in high inflation is different than an economy in normal inflation. You make different decisions. Used car prices are still ridiculously high. I've got a friend who, eh, whenever I talk to her, she, she always hits me up for information. I said, you know, here's your financial tip. If you have a car you're willing to part with, now is a good time to part with a used car, but it's not a great necessarily time time to buy a new car. Used cars cost up 40.5% versus last year as gas prices are rising and people want to hold on to what they have. There's a lot going on. Elsewhere, Viacom CBS is changing its name. Man, I do not like these name changes at times. They always, when, when I say that out loud, you know Viacom, you know CBS. Dito Paramount Global. That's, I don't like that. In the doghouse today, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? Roblox, higher costs contributed to its coming up well shy of expectations. I don't think we have a world shortage of computer engineers and engineers, but man, does it feel like it with their salary spiking. Airbnb had some pleasing results at issue better than expected revenue guidance. That was accompanied with some encouraging commentary on summer travel plans. The way Hilton and Airbnb are talking, we are done with the pandemic by June. I think spring technically starts today or somewhere around now. I heard one of the reports saying that yesterday and I was barely paying attention, but I did catch that. I think it's called the spring. Oh, the president's day is the spring travel season starts. So Roblox did not live up to bullish expectations. Viacom CBS, I've hit that one. Oh, Google is planning to limit app tracking, which is something that is pretty much so upset in the whole communication services sector and the stocks inside of it. So you can take a look at one company that lost tens of billions of dollars due to Apple's going private. Let me pull up real quick how the old, are they still meta? This is funny because I haven't looked up their ticker in a couple of days. So the ticker is still FB, but they changed their name to meta. So meta is down about 2% today on that news. Let's see, where's that at? I want to take a look on a six month basis. Yeah, it's still plummeting. It's still going down. Um, 52 week ranges right here. So it is at a low. Bulls think that they've got other ways to escape the privacy world. Bears say it's a one-trick pony, and it's going to be severely limited if it's online advertising plummets. And again, yesterday I gave you the kind of perspective on the difference between Amazon, Google, and Meta. Meta is, you see ads that you, you may not, you may have erectile dysfunction, but you may not go get pills for erectile dysfunction. You see ads about divorces where you may have said something online about someone else's divorce, but you're far from a divorce. Whereas if you go to Google and you type in divorce, you're probably going to get a divorce and need a divorce attorney. If you go to Amazon and type in TV, you're probably going to buy whatever comes up. 
not necessarily with Meta's algorithms. They're good. They're very, very good. They have long life Meta when they decide to get out of the business of social media. If they get out of the business of social media, they will still figure out ways to stay in business. After 15 years, the company, Facebook's newsfeed is changing. The homepage displays posts from users, friends, and family. Now it's just going to be called feed. No longer newsfeed. Now it's feed. Man, Mark Zuckerberg is not building awesome things, is he? Virgin Galactic said they're opening up ticket sales for commercial space flights. If you got the spare 450,000 laying around, you can secure your spot on a 90-minute space flight, complete with several minutes of -of out-of-seat weightlessness. Breathtaking views of the Earth. My opinion, stay away from that SPAC. And again, that's just my opinion. It's a stock. It's trading on space tourism. I think Elon Musk has a business model. I don't think 90-minute flights is a business model. I think it's an amusement park ride. At 450000 yes, there will be some interest. How sustainable? Not great. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I saw something pretty interesting. Honest, straightforward, and right to the point. The Rob Black Show. TikTokers are posting tanks rolling around on the Ukrainian border. And the headline suggests this is Putin at his best trying to scare Ukraine with social media that we're coming for you. The best explanation on what's going on there is that we can see higher gasoline prices here and it could derail our economy, higher shipping costs. Um, or the second best way I saw this being analyzed was that maybe Putin is afraid of Ukraine becoming too European. They're a direct neighbor, and it's as if the the gay and lesbian community just moved in for the first time onto a Catholic street. Or um, well, I'll drop that analogy quickly, but I don't want to get in trouble. But I don't want to say that I'm wrong on that one. But it's it's Europeans are much more liberal, much more open minded, and we Russia doesn't want that creeping into their country. bunch of big hit people don't want to change their bigotry even though the majority might be okay with it they don't want that psychology in any way shape or form so those are two thoughts on what's happening in the ukraine and russia border at this point in time lots going on today we're having another down day yesterday you could say we had a glorious rebound we're buying on the dips or you could say now today we're down four out of five days and that this feels like correction again ultimately will the first quarter of 2022 be more of a correction quarter or will it be more of a buy on the dip quarter it's too early to say but it's fair to know the only stock that i own that i regularly talk about on the show I see two stocks, but the only one that I want to talk about here is Airbnb. Up 2.6% today because they had a great quarter. Everything else is in the red. Rob Black's poor today. Am I stressed by that? No. I look at the five-year, 10-year trend, and I'm like stoked. And if I got to give 4 to 10% back, I'll give 4 to 10% back in my portfolio. Let's talk 
about some of the other issues that are out there. Used car prices are up 40%. That's inflationary. And that's something you feel. The average size of a new mortgage just set a record as home prices continue to climb. That's inflationary. See where I'm going at with this? Millennials are feeling the inflationary hit and they don't like it. You know, this was a kind of a a nice um, story yesterday. And I still don't know what it means for us because it's a super expensive way of going about things. But a New York patient becomes the first woman to possibly be cured by HIV. Technically, we think we've cured three men. This is the first female. She received her treatment at a New York Presbyterian Cornell Medical Center. Uh, She was diagnosed with HIV in 2013 and leukemia in 2017. If for all the terrible things on this planet with disease, if we pull some technologies forward, I'm stoked. Now, the average size of a new mortgage just set a new record. I just brought that up. That makes housing less affordable for the people who don't have it. The average contract interest for a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage was conforming loan balances increased 4.05% from 3.8%. So mortgage rates are above 4% again. The purchase size loan is a record 453,000 applications to refinance a home loan are now less than half the volume of a year ago. That's a big number. Keep in mind, let's say the average American salary is around 55,000. You should be able to afford a home two and a half times that. So you're looking at 165,000 yet. We're taking out mortgages at 453,000. On average, I'm using averages versus averages. That's telling you there's a big disconnect, huh? Home prices have been climbing steadily as demand continues to outstrip the supply of homes for sale. The home builders are slowing building right now because building costs are up about 20% due to lumber prices on a year-over-year basis, and they don't want to eat that cost. Have you ever had a boss that said our margins are supposed to be 28%, give or die? Um. That's the line in the sand. Same thing happens with home builders. They know the individual only pays so much money. You get the idea. Hey, do you want to be a millionaire? It's a good question, right? Um, millionaires are very common. They're regular, hardworking, everyday people. They tend not to be flashy. Most of the millionaires that I know accumulated their wealth over time by making wise decisions, not necessarily picking a hot, sexy stock. They had a particular mindset about universally contributing to their success. 97% of millionaires surveyed believed that they were in control of their own destiny. Now, that's 97%. Now, 55% of our general population has the same opinion. Most people don't trust where we're going. Most people don't know how we're going to get there. There is a millionaire mindset, I think. Now, I don't want to get too kimbaya on you. Walmart's earnings may signal if shoppers are spending or getting spooked by inflation. With all the talk about inflation at the start of 2022, it's the one stock I keep going back to and saying, okay, where can I get a rollback in price? Where will things actually get cheaper? Because I'm, I, like, I don't feel like car prices are getting cheaper in my lifetime because they're not. I don't feel that homes are getting cheaper in my lifetime because they're not. 
I feel like a frozen pizza at Walmart may be getting cheaper. Now I know you're saying frozen pizza is probably the most unheavenly thing on the planet. Oh, and for the record, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, deep dish pan pizza is the best. Yeah. Or New York slice is the best. I'm not that guy. You know, the correct way of reheating a pizza is never put a slice of pizza in the microwave oven. The correct way. You know, I say, I, I want to teach you one thing every single day is using your stovetop or a frying pan and putting it in the bottom of a frying pan and slowly warming it up from the bottom. Just so you have it. You can do that in an oven as well, but uh, you're not supposed to spook that thing with uh, radiation and surging through it. I know you're saying, thank you, Rob. Thank you. Major consumer companies, including Pepsi, Hershey, Coke, and Procter Gamble, have passed on price increases to customers. Those are probably the safest type of stocks right now, along with some like financials and healthcare. Companies that do well in a good economy, a bad economy, and companies that do well by raising prices. So yesterday after the markets closed, I looked at buying Coke or Pepsi. I looked at, at like what's happening with Starbucks because I know Starbucks will cost more in the future. But Pepsi, Hershey, Coke, Procter & Gamble, they all check the box of they're able to raise prices. Now, Walmart has a different consumer mindset. Nearly 90% of Americans live within 10 miles of its source. And they're trying to say you can get more for less. We're going to cut the prices. Another company like does it like Dollar General Dollar Stores. Do you want to go with the companies that have the ability to raise prices or do you want to go with the companies that have the ability to source cheaper goods and lower prices? It's your debate, not mine. You answer. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Questions Find us at robblackshow.com. Subscribe to the podcast and video channels. No one cares more about your money than you do. It's time to start to feel good about your financial future. RobBlackShow.com. RobBlackShow.com. Do you remember when you were younger and you'd go out on Friday nights? Oftentimes, my strategy was to save money would be to drink a little bit at home so I didn't have to drink at the bar. I know you're saying, okay, that's interesting. That's move on to stocks. Trust me, I'm getting there. Um, the point being is I could show up at 11 and read a crowd better because I'm already pretty sloppy than I could at 10 or nine. Anime to me feels like, well, not anime, but anime NFTs, non-fungible tokens. The whole digital art world feels to me like, let's see how the room goes after an hour or two. In investment times, that's a year. I will have an opinion on NFTs by the end, by definitely by the middle of the year. I, I'm trying to get it finished now. But as of now, I'm still not convinced we should be buying an anime NFT for 50000 100000 a digital copy of something. I'm not really all that comfortable with me spending on it. I'd rather be late to a party and read the room than be early and be wrong. You ever showed up at a bar at six, seven, and like, oh, this place is happening. We got to get here early. 
at midnight, it still wasn't happening. You're like, ah, oh, everyone went somewhere else. That's, I don't want to be the guy buying a non-fungible token like that. Um, but again, I'm more moderate than aggressive. I'm definitely not conservative with my money, but I'm more moderate than aggressive. Early on, I might've been more aggressive. If I was poor, I'd make a mistake and try to be more aggressive. And I think that's a mistake. Other big stories of note investment firms are entering the short-term rental market. This is interesting. Airbnb had a great quarter and I should probably hit on that this hour. While there's too much consolidation in some industries, like um, let's say defense spending, you don't want too many. You want competitive forces out there. So the Pentagon has places to go for options. But the short-term rental market is the one you really think of in that way, right? Vacations aren't what they used to be. Vacations are turning into stay-at-home workers with no limits on how they can how far they can be from the office or what their back office looks like. Most vacation homes where traveling remote workers often set up shop or owned by individuals looking to pad their income by renting their property on sites like Airbnb. But Wall Street sees that and like, we want some of that. So New York investment firm called Saluda, they announced a new venture with a short-term rental operator Avant Stay to buy 500 million worth of rental properties. The days of Clark, Griswold firing up the station family wagon um, are a little bit over. Families can now vacation for a whole week or a whole month in someone's luxury home <clears throat> at typically the same price as the hotels. In the summer of 2021, 28% of rental travelers stayed at a short-term rental for the first time. And by the same time the holidays rolled around, that number was up to 43%. The penetration of short-term rentals it's 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 making headway with the average person. Do you remember the first time you stayed in someone else's home with an Airbnb or VRBOB? And you're like, um, sometimes in California, we're like, yeah, this is the norm, but we forget people in Chicago have never said like, I'll stay on someone's floor for a night to save a hotel cost through Airbnb. That's how I first learned of Airbnb. People were opening up their apartments when they went out of town keeping it clean all week long, buying a nice bottle of wine, throwing it on the table so the guests in San Francisco or Santa Barbara or LA, you're out of town, you're visiting your family for Christmas. You might as well rent your place out in those luxury cities. Elon Musk gave 5.7 billion in Tesla shares to a charity. It's one of the biggest philanthropic donations in history. It probably came at the same time when uh, was it the WHO, the World Health Organization? It was one of the organizations out there said that we can solve world hunger with $6 billion. And that's right around the time, said, prove it to me and I'll write you a check. He is a very interesting man. He's going to go down in history and who's going to play him? Will Leonardo DiCaprio be too old to play Elon Musk? Probably. <clears throat> Will Harry Styles continue in acting and play Elon Musk in the new biopic? I don't even want to think about that. That's just me though, right? Let's go back to the stock market. And what we're seeing. <clears throat> I'm seeing a lot of red today. And I'm seeing a trend now of four out of five down days. Yesterday was a bounce back day, but it didn't hold the bounce. 
Today, after the market reports, NVIDIA is going to report numbers. NVIDIA is not strong enough to help a whole stock market, but NVIDIA is strong enough to help the semiconductor sector and maybe a couple of metaverse stocks or two. Talking about Meta, let's talk about their stock. Meta is Facebook. Facebook is Meta. After a 32% fall in shares, that's a lot of, that's a lot of billions of dollars. Stock now trades for 17 times next year's earnings. The only other time that Meta was close to being that inexpensive was when it came public. Baron said at the time, in the next 12 months, the stock rose more than 50%. So Meta came public. It had, or not, Facebook came public. I don't even, this gets confusing keeping track of their names. You need a program. The stock surged initially, but then it fell 50%. And that's when Barron said, this is a buying opportunity. So do you think Facebook is a buying opportunity now that it's at a similar valuation that it was 10 years ago? And yet they've created billions and billions and billions of dollars of regular income, but they've also created a nightmare scenario for investors. They've given Mark Zuckerberg full control of the company with a different style of shares. If he wants to spend $100 billion on a a booger picking machine, he can. If he wants to spend $100 million on the metaverse, he can. Meta's earnings for the fourth quarter were good, but worse than expected in large part due to how much money was spent on the metaverse, but also how much money was spent with advertising agencies trying to rework the Apple privacy function. The reason Facebook meta shares fell when it first IPO'd was <clears throat> we started saying people are really using their mobile phone a lot. Does Facebook have mobile phone ad sales? And we're like, nope. So that's how fast they ramped that up. They turned it on and the stock took off. Meta slash Facebook's PE is lower than the mega cap tech peers like Apple. Apple trades for 27 times earnings. Microsoft has a PE of about 29. Alphabet has a PE of 23. Amazon's right around 60. So Facebook's now at 13. Is now the time to buy? If you have a long-term time horizon, it is. But if you're looking for instant gratification, it could work out. But the curveball still could be that Mark Zuckerberg could do anything he freaking fracking wants in spending. Meta stock was around $320 a share. And now it's fallen, fallen, fallen. What price do you jump in on? At what point is it a value? Okay, let me give you an example. These are questions you have to have as an investor. Let's say you hate candy at $3 a share, but you love candy at $1 a share. And it's at a buck 25 or a buck 50. Or let's say you hate cancer at $150 a share, but if it gets down to 10, you're like, I'm all in, double down on cancer. And I use those examples of candy and cancer as like something that turns you on and something turns you off. And what I'm getting at myself is, I would buy any stock if I think it's at a value. I will not say, damn, I will not invest in cancer. Damn, I will not invest in, in 
diabetes and candy, even though they're sweet and tasty, they're no. In theory, you should be able to look at a company and create an evaluation in your head that that looks too expensive or that looks too cheap. I'm not telling you how to be as an investor. If that doesn't work for you, let's find another way of valuing stocks in your head. Um, Airbnb, you know, I talked about the penetration of first time renters on Airbnb doubling on a year over year basis, actually on a six month basis is the right way of saying that. People breaking their virginity of having never stayed in an Airbnb is, is doing quite well. And how do you want to value a company? You could say, I'm going to go with things that become action verbs like Google and Airbnb. If your neighbor says, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? And uh, yeah, I'm just standing around and she goes, I'm getting an Airbnb in Truckee or I'm getting an Airbnb in Vail or I'm getting an Airbnb in Breckenridge. You know what it is, right? It's an action verb for staying in someone else's home. I think it's kind of cool. If you want to go and be a type of investor that says, I'm going to go with whoever sponsors the halftime report. That's pretty cool. Um, you have to figure out what works for you. Most people should buy a diversified portfolio through an ETF. <clears throat> Maybe add a different flavor of ETF. And then down the road, once you're well worth over $100,000 in ETF money, that's when you can start buying individual stocks. But I know that advice is lost on most people. A lot of people want to rush into it. It's one of the saddest things I see when I see a portfolio and there's 20 stocks in it. Then I look at the value and it's like $24,000. I'm like, oh, you got too many stocks. You're trying too hard for too little. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money invested more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. There's a new Brought to you by EP Wealth. For, um, Adam this we'll is the Rob Black segment. Show. I'm Rob Black. Welcome in to EP Wealth Advisors Informed Investor Market Update. I'm Rob Black. Joining me today, Adam Phillips. He's a CFA and a CFP Director of Portfolio Strategy for EP Wealth. We do these weekly conferences and calls to kind of get everyone up to speed with what we're seeing going on out there. Investors are grappling with the Federal Reserve, with Russia invading Ukraine and the price of oil and inflation in the 10-year treasury at 2%. We've got a lot to talk about, but let's do a quick report card first and foremost. NASDAQ's down 11.8% for the year. The S&P 500's down 7.2%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 4.4%. The 10-year treasury is flirting with 2%. Will it hold it? How will the markets react when it does? Bitcoin down 8.6%. And oil is the big winner, winner, chicken dinner of the year so far, up 25% for the year, playing into every single theme of the year of inflation and higher rates and opening of the economy and covid um, up to $94 a barrel. Adam, let's start with the Fed's James Ballard. He's saying that he's going to fight aggressively to uh, contain inflation. How does that fighting inflation play with the stock market in your minds? Because it's a pretty dramatic start this year. Well, it really is. And you know what we're seeing, what we saw last week from, from uh, James Bullard, he's the president of the St. Louis Fed, very outspoken, I think, tends to be more hawkish, meaning that he's okay taking a more aggressive 
stance towards fighting inflation. And so what we saw were comments that that he made, and, and specifically he said that he'd like to see the Fed raise rates 100 basis points, so the equivalent of four 25 basis point hikes by July 1st. That's a pretty aggressive move. And, and what we've seen over the last several weeks is that the market is starting to price in or, or set their own expectations for this gradual tightening of policy, right? We, we know that the, the, with the economy on solid footing, with inflationary pressures uh, uh, showing no signs of easing, that the Fed really needs to get started on, on this path towards tightening, towards removing this policy accommodation. So what James Bullard said is, look, we, we got to do this. We got to take control of the inflation narrative here. We got to show that we're serious in getting inflation back towards that 2% annual target. And so his comments really got, got the market's attention. It's, uh, it made many worry. And I, and I think what, what we're likely to see is the Fed really be quite active this year. I think that that's, that's obvious when you're looking at, at market expectations where we started this year and the market was pricing in three rate hikes, three rate hikes in 2022 of 25 basis points. Fast forward to today, the market is pricing in almost seven. And so it tells you that the market's really uh, starting to, to uh, price in expectations for this monetary policy tightening. But when they do that, I think there's also some fears among investors that if you proceed uh, a little bit too aggressively, then you risk um, then, then you risk what they refer to as a Fed policy error. And historically, what we've seen at the Fed they might show up a little bit late to the party and end up trying to get a little bit contr- uh, too aggressive in getting control of inflation, end up going the other way. And they overcorrect and stunt the economy's growth, lead us into a recession. And I think that's really what we're seeing priced into the market right now is, is some fears that, that they might just be repeating the, uh, the errors that they've made in the past. And so that's something that, that we're watching, something that uh, I, I, it appears is top of mind uh, among investors as well. If you look at uh, start to read the tea leaves a little bit in the market. It's interesting to say that because I feel like a Monday morning quarterback after the Super Bowl going, ah, you could have done this. You could have done that with the Federal Reserve. I'm not an economist. I'm going to let them do their jobs. Um, With that said, stock market is is paying attention, like you said, and it started the year off on an interesting note with underperformance compared to last year. We're in earnings season. Let's talk about earnings and maybe the relationship with inflation in your mind. If you could try to piece those two together for us. Yeah, well, look, I, I think earnings are really important. We know that no matter what inflation is doing, we know that earnings it really is the lifeblood of the U.S. Stock, of, of the stock market. And so especially right now when valuations are as elevated as they are, we've seen the stock market just do extremely well since the lows of March 2020. We've mentioned how uh, March 2020 through the end of last year, the stock market more than doubled. And so earnings season is really the the company's chance to come out and actually justify these valuations. And and so I think that's why they're always top of mind among investors. We want to see what management is reporting, both for recent results, the most recent quarter, but also what they're seeing going forward. And so it's really interesting to to get these results here from management. And yeah, obviously, inflation is a big topic on these management uh, earnings calls this time around. Uh, Let's just take a step back and look at this earnings season. It's been quite good. We're a little bit more than 70% of the way through the uh, reporting of S&P 500 companies. We're seeing, generally speaking, most companies are doing better than expected, uh, which is great. Uh, We're looking at blended earnings growth rate on a year-over-year basis of more than 30%. This will be the fourth consecutive quarter where year-over-year earnings growth is going to surpass 25%. 
So that's great. I don't think it's sustainable. I think it tells you more about uh, how how much uh, earnings were really hit early on in this pandemic. And so we're still benefiting from that low hurdle. I think that hurdle is obviously going to be higher going forward. And so we expect earnings to moderate, maybe looking at something in the high single digits going forward, which is which is still healthy. Uh, so, you know, nothing to complain about, but uh, I, I do think it's worth mentioning. You know, on inflation, I think it's really important because we're, we're looking to hear from companies about what they're seeing. Are they seeing pressure on wages? We know it's extremely tough to hire for these employee, uh, employers, and so that's leading to wage pressures. Also, we're, we, we know that the supply chain is an ongoing issue. It's hard to source these materials. Freight costs are going up. And so it's really important. Now is our chance to hear from these, these uh, managers and these executives and, and see what that means for the bottom line. Are they passing these through to the end consumer or are, the, are they taking on the, this, these additional uh, in, uh, cost burdens and, and it's going to hit their, their, uh, their profit margins? And so... We are we are getting kind of a mix. It appears that most a lot of the companies that we're that we're really looking at they are they still maintain that pricing power on the consumers, so they're passing through a lot of these costs. Which uh, obviously it's it's good for earnings. One can argue not so good for uh, the American consumer, right? And uh, I, I think of two companies that reported last week, uh, Chipotle uh, and and Pepsi, and they both highlighted these things. Uh, Chipotle actually said last year we raised prices about 10%. We'll probably raise them another 6% this year because it looks like we're not seeing any hit to demand because of this. And we're really focused on keeping our employees happy, making sure that uh, it doesn't impact service because it's too hard to staff or employees just aren't happy. So they're looking at higher wage costs, higher costs for beef, for freight. Uh, Pepsi also uh, reported, they said that they're looking at uh, increases, pricing increases uh, across their product line in somewhere in the mid to high single digits. And so this story is is likely to remain with us. And so I think it is important. It just means this inflationary story is is going to uh, be a part of our conversation for for some time to come. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's great that we are seeing wages increase that that's great for the consumer but at the same time if you're looking at things like last week's cpi report this broad level of inflation that measure was up seven and a half percent year over year well inflation uh excuse me wages are rising they're up close to six percent per year but obviously that's lagging broad inflation for the economy and that tells you that wages are rising but not enough to uh, sustain the, the rises in price levels so i think that is important for us to kind of watch and to see what impact that has over the course of the year for the economy let's talk a little bit more about inflation this is we just might as well title it right now this segment inflation inflation and more inflation irreverent over the top and smart as a whip this is the rob black show i'm rob black thank you for listening to the rob black show podcast this is just one tool that i use to help you create wealth My website, robblackshow.com, is loaded with useful resources like planning for retirement and how to choose a financial advisor, financial strategy videos with certified financial advisors, and much, much more. You can contact me, and I will put you in touch with a certified financial planner. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. 
They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.